It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday morning. January 21st, a dad and daughter talk Notre Dame football. Maggie, we're doing it different today. Our last show of the season. Maggie, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, a little a little tired. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, rough couple weeks. First couple weeks of school for you, right? Mm-hmm. Just the first week. First, just the first. Oh, geez, it feels like a couple of weeks, but yep. just the first week. Mm-hmm. How's the weather? How's the weather there? Is it? snowing got any snow no i don't i don't know if there'll even be snow this year what this year well uh, this this winter okay i think there will be plenty just wait uh okay maggie we're gonna uh kick off our annual awards show in a minute talking about notre dame awards but first i think we should probably talk about the transfer portal it's been the big story since the last time we talked several uh, Notre Dame has already brought on several people. There's talk of even probably some more. Um, but I just want to get your take on the not the people who left per se, um, although we could talk about that. But I'm more interested, obviously, in the people that are showing up at Notre Dame. And, of course, we need to start with Sam Hartman. Um, how excited are you about – we'll just go through all of them kind of real quick. Um, the major ones, Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame. Like on a scale of one to five and maybe tell me why you are that number. Yeah. So I feel like out of all of the recruits or not the recruits, the transfers, I feel right. like he might be the one I'm, and this might sound least excited about. <laughs> that's interesting. No, no, no. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not a surprise. We've talked about it on the show like many times, how we feel about the quarterback position next, um, right. next year. Right. But I just feel like, so I'm going to give him like, a six out of ten, which I know might be kind okay. of low. We were going out. Of, we were going out of five, but that's oh, okay. okay. Yeah, ten, ten, so a three out of five. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, then I'll give him a two out of five. Oh. Okay. A two out of five, because I feel like it's a position that we didn't really need to get more depth behind, and I'm excited okay. in the fact that people are now seeing Notre Dame as a playoff contender. Right. But like, I think we would have been one without Sam Hartman. Okay. I guess. Really? Okay. Um, I tend to agree with you sort of. Um, I'm, I'm slightly more excited about him. I think he's probably a pretty good player. I'm not probably. He's a good player. And it's good to bring good players on. Um, but what I will say is um, I, I don't – he's the one player that I don't know. The rest of them that we're going to talk about I think are significant ads in that they'll be obvious starters or obvious contributors. To agree with you, I, I actually don't think he's an obvious starter. I think then that's why I thought the whole his thing was weird. I coming to, for Sam Hartman to come here because it's such a risk if he's not the starter. And I do still think there's a possibility that he does not start for this team, just based on uh, what Buckner brings to the table, how the team feels about Buckner, that Buckner stuck around, that he's a Notre Dame guy. You know, the whole thing it just seems to be a risk for Hartman. So 
Now, the parts that I like is that if he wants to stay here, and maybe that's not his plan, who knows what his plan is, like if he doesn't get the job, but if he, if he stays, <clears throat> there's a good chance he plays a significant role in the, the season because if Buckner starts, there's always a possibility of injury. There's a possibility of platooning. And he also, Sam Hartman, brings ex- lots of experience to the quarterback room, um, will be another great voice in that room. So that's important. So I, I'll give him a three to four, maybe a four out of five. I'm not the five out of five. These guys that go on Twitter right now and say, this guy obviously is the best thing ever. I've seen him play a lot. And I think people are kind of overhyping him a bit. I, I, I mean, he's, I, to me, he's slightly better than Drew Pine. Um, he's got a better arm than Drew Pine, but his skill sets to me are relatively the same. And I know we'll see, maybe he's a better fit for the offense Reese wants to run. So we'll see, but um, yeah, out of all of them that we're going to talk about, he's what I'm least excited about. Um, all right. Well, how about Caleb Smith then? Caleb Smith coming over from Virginia Tech, a wide receiver. Um, how, how do you think he, how, what's your excitement level and how do you think he fits in for this? Um, I mean, I feel like this one was really unexpected because I didn't really, I mean, I thought possibly we'd get another receiver in the form of like a tight end, but I didn't expect to get uh-huh. a wide receiver. Right. I'm going to say that I'm going to give him like a four just because there must be something that Marcus Freeman sees in Caleb Smith. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. of course, done my individual scouting of Caleb <laughs> Not Smith. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, you have time. Yeah. Um, but it was an interesting pickup. Now we have two Caleb Smiths that we have added to right. the team, which is interesting. Right. Um, so I think it's kind of good to have some, like a veteran on, in the wide receiver room, because right. a lot of our wide receivers are really young. I think that was an issue this year with Lorenzo Styles and Jaden Thomas did better, but like, it still wasn't great. And Dion Colsey's there. We have a lot of talent, but everyone's really young. So I think this will be important to have Caleb Smith okay. on the team. Yeah. I think he, he's, like I was saying before, I give him a four or even a five. Uh, I give him a four because I think he's an obvious starter. He has, he has, we are talented for sure at the wide receiver position. I think it's a great position group. I think it's really going to shine with a different quarterback this year. I don't think we saw what it can do, but it's inexperienced. And, it, you know, the loss of the Lenzies, the Joe Wilkins, not that they were, I mean, except, I mean, Lindsay had his moments for sure, but Joe Wilkins never really blossomed as he could be hampered by injury and things like this. But he certainly was a senior or, you know, a veteran presence in the, with the room with the wide, the wide receivers. So I think Caleb Smith's going to bring that um, a solid, solid player that can go up and get the ball, a good red zone option. So I give him a four out of five on that one as far as the um, pickup. Um, all right. Tommy Harper from um, Oklahoma State. Thomas Harper, a safety coming over. You know, I know, Maggie, you love your safeties. So, Thomas Harper, how excited are you for this one? I don't know if we can do half points. I would say. Yeah, sure. Why not? We can do whatever we want. Okay. Okay. I would give him a four and a half. Okay. I'm I'm pretty excited. But thinking about, like, the, um, not the wide receivers, the safeties. Yeah. We have. DJ Brown coming back? Oh, Maggie. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that DJ Brown. I'm just saying like it's a position that I didn't think we were going to recruit for. But also like thinking about how we got Brandon Joseph last year, yeah. it seems like maybe it's going to be like a constant pattern. Uh-huh. And Benjamin Morrison is great, but he's again right. young. So I would say I'm more excited than um, 
to get Thomas Harper rather than Caleb Smith, but it's kind of like a similar thing where I see that we need some more depth in that position. And I trust that Marcus Freeman made a good choice in recruiting them. Yeah, I, I'm most excited actually about this one. I think he's a instant starter. And I actually think he is a um, big time uh, contributor next year. Um, even more so, I think, than, than Brandon Joseph was this year. I think he brings a different kind of skill set and watching him at Oklahoma State a little bit. Um, I do think if Notre Dame had gotten Peyton Bowen to come over, that they probably don't make this move. But they still have, you know, and I do think, to your point, I do think they are recruiting well for this. I, I like Adon Schuler and even Ben Minich um, to step up in future years. So I just hope this is just a stopgap. I don't like this kind of idea that I, I'm, I'm a real believer. I'm not a big believer in the transfer portal. I understand its use, but and I don't think Notre Dame is either. I, I think um, I don't like this kind of constant rotation of the same position, quarterback and safety. You're right. It does seem like we're doing that. Um, so I do hope we, we grow some players. I just think that DJ Brown just hasn't done what we thought he could do. Um, and I don't, that's nothing against DJ Brown. I just think it's just kind of where his skill set lies. So um, I think bringing in uh, Thomas Harper is going to help solidify what we need in the back end of that defense, um, which is more physical presence and a guy who can get turnovers. So I like it. Um, so what did I say? Four out of five? Did I give it five out of five? I said four out of five, I think. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. Javante Jean-Baptiste. Maggie, I smell a favorite player coming on. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, what is from Ohio State, uh, defensive lineman slash linebacker coming over. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm very excited. I'm going to give him a five out of five. The name <laughs> is great for marketing. Um, right. <laughs> but it was really unexpected. I remember him playing at Ohio State. And, yeah. and I think it's always a good sign when I remember names from, like, opponents. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I, I'm excited about this one. Um, it was interesting. I think I'm kind of getting swept up a little bit in the fact that he went to Ohio State, and right. arguably that's a more prestigious program than the other programs that are transferred are coming from. Yes, yes. Um, it's nice to have that connection between Marcus Freeman and John Baptiste. And Washington and John Baptiste, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so it was unexpected. It was a nice surprise. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Of course, we're losing Isaiah Foskey which mm-hmm. is, we have a lot of depth in the defensive line, I would say. Oh, you think but so? Oh, okay. again, but again, our whole team's really young. So all yes, these transfers, I feel exactly. like, will get playing time. Right. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does. I think this is Al Washington, uh, who was at Ohio State, I believe, before he could enter Notre Dame as well, or at least uh, the defensive line coach had a big thing to do with this. He must know that how good, the talented this kid is. Um, and, and Marcus Freeman as well. Um, I have deep belief that this guy is going to be a contributor i i'm not sure we have a lot of depth on the defensive line quite frankly but but uh, i like patello and this guy uh john baptiste on the other end i think you can have um some good edge rushing um and certainly our linebackers if he is going to play linebacker with Kali and uh tuli alamaka and um I don't know, Bertrand and Kaiser are coming back. No, is Bertrand coming back? I'm not sure. I don't think Bertrand's coming back. Yeah, but Kaiser, I think, said he's coming back. Um, and then for sure, uh, uh, Sneed, you're, you're, you're really starting to look at a talented linebacking core. He'll fit right in. He's a perfect fit, What we exactly what we need. I'd give it a five out of five just because of the positions he fills and the experience he brings. And you're exactly right when you say coming from Ohio State means something. Um, 
It does. It, it means something more than coming from Virginia Tech, sorry, Caleb Smith, or coming from Oklahoma State, uh, Tommy Harper. Those are great programs for Wake Forest, but Ohio State's a different level. That's playoff level football. And so to get a player from that is it's fantastic. So I'm most excited. And the name is cool. We will be saying it a lot, I hope, next year, Maggie. Jean-Baptiste. Mm-hmm. All right. And he's from New York, I think, right? I, it's surprising. I thought he'd be from New Orleans, but he's I believe that is from interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So is there anybody else that we got? Are you excited about the kicker? Are you excited about, um, uh, I don't know, anybody? Uh, or, or are you disappointed about losing anybody? Um, um, I'm, I'm excited for the punter and kicker. Uh, yeah. I mean. Spencer our, Schrader. Yeah. And Ben Krim from Penn. Ben Krim. Yeah, Ben Krim. Yeah. Um, I... I feel like, again, this is another thing where we're just going to see a pattern. I mean, our punter and kicker yeah. last year were both transfers, and it was yeah, I think solid. Right. Yeah. Um, I think whatever Brian Mason does with them will be well, will be yeah. very good. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited because we don't really have, like, I mean, I know we ha- recruit, like, a punter and kicker, but we yeah. kind of are losing both this year. Right, right. So um, I guess that was nice to see. Well, maybe I'm I mean, excited to see a punter and kicker as excited as you can be, I guess. I, I don't know. I, if that is, if that, I think you, you bring up something interesting. If that is the um, strategy for Notre Dame, which is, you know what, we're not going to put a heavy emphasis on recruiting high school kickers and high school punters. Probably also very hard to predict. And probably you can go to these other schools, Penn, U, uh, USF, um, you know, and get quality and already know what you're getting because they've already kicked in college. You have statistics on them. Um, you can see their tape and it's a major football tape. Um, if you count Penn as major football, but you know, it worked with John Sott and it worked with in the, and, and group A was fine. Um, so I, I'm okay. You know I, know, I know I just said like, I want to develop a little like safeties, and things, but with this position, I don't know if you want to spend a lot of time on the road looking at high school kickers or high school punters when you can just look at college tape and get these. I think it's a, a smart strategy. Use a transfer portal for that, um, punters and kickers. And the other stuff, recruit and build, would be my – if that's a strategy, I am in favor of it. I don't know if it is or not. But All right, Maggie, let's move on to our favorite time of the year. We were going to have some, like, da-da-da music, but I just couldn't get it together. Uh the awards our awards of the year every year everyone we look at the whole season do major major discussions uh talk to our people at price waterhouse so that we can have our votes tabulated correctly and come up with our awards of the year so maggie let's start off with our favorite game of the year now if you want to mention like some honorable mentions as well that's always fine um, but please come up with your favorite game of the year and why. Yeah. So, you know, knowing me, I can't choose one. So I do like the That's option why. of an honorable mention. That's why I threw um, it in there. So I, I'm really looking at the list I have here <laughs> to choose <laughs> really like what I'm looking it, at them, the gut feeling I have. Is it 12, 12 it's, things it's long? It's four. It's four. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I will say, Although maybe I didn't watch it as closely as I wanted to, I will say that the Clemson game might have been one of my favorites. Yeah, um, how could it not be? Because it was the emergence of Benjamin yeah. Morrison, really, and um, 
it's just interesting to kind of see every time we've played Clemson in the past few years, they're always kind of at a different place. Um, And we were having a really rough season. So beating Clemson was really a high note of the year. Uh, It was towards the end and we were trending upwards at that point. But, but, you know, it was a great feeling. Honorable mention. I won't do three honorable mentions. I'll just do one because I feel like maybe you'll say the other ones. Uh, um, we did go to the Cal game in person. Yes. Right. I feel like that has to be. So seeing right. the whole Notre Dame experience um, yeah. at home was really nice. And right. also it was interesting seeing Drew Pine. It was a tough game to watch. Yeah. It was um, but yeah. it was important to the beginning of the season that we won that one. All right. Okay. My honorable mentions. I have two honorable mentions that I'm going to say. Yeah. That's why. Hey. Uh, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame over North Carolina just because it was really a fun game. The, the, the offense exploded. It started off a little bumpy for a second, uh, but then it was just fun to watch Notre Dame put up points and do interesting things, and Drew Pine looked good, and we had a couple play. I mean, this looked really, really sharp on offense especially, and then we actually shut down what turned out to be a very, very good North Carolina offense. So uh, I would go with that game. And we don't probably never talk about it too much. A great, great game. Um, the other one, another road game, I thought uh, Notre Dame over Syracuse where they went in and people forget how, where Syracuse was at that point. I believe they were undefeated, uh, ranked Syracuse team and Notre Dame just pretty much came in and ended that whole thing, turned their whole season around. Those are my two uh, and just and really uh, finally established themselves. It's just we're going to run it down your throat. We have three great, great running backs and we're just going to run, run, run. Um, the and the, Syrac- the Obviously, the Clemson game was fun, too, but but I'm going to go. My favorite choice, which was the Gator Bowl game, um, just because it was the emergence. It gives me so much hope for next year, so much excitement. I think it finally was the sophomores establishing themselves as the players that we all thought they could be. It was the Tyler Buckners. It was the Jordan Botellos um, stepping. It was the Logan Diggs stepping up and having fantastic, fantastic games. Um, And just, I think, such a rallying point, that second half, if, if Notre Dame ascends to where we hope they all ascend to, which is national championship either this year or most definitely, I think, next year, uh, the 2024 season, um, I think is we'll all look back at that second half of the South Carolina game and say that's where this all started. That's where the dynasty began is my hope. Um, so that's my choice the, for the game of the year. All right, Maggie, your favorite offensive player of the year. And again, honorable mentions are okay. This one I didn't really need an honorable mention. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I didn't really need an honorable mention. I mean, every week I feel like we were talking about Michael Mayer. He is, I mean, this is arguable, which I don't like that it is, but he is arguably the best tight end in the country. Well, people are arguing it. I don't know if it's arguable. People argue it. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, if you could say Brock Bowers, I guess you could, but that would be That's incorrect. what I'm saying. It's really yeah, um, wrong. He just was always, like, consistent. He was always a consistent target for Drew Pine, which was very rare throughout the season because we did focus a lot on the run game. But whenever you passed it to him, most of the time – I'm saying most of the time because I'm sure there's a drop out there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, there was. A pretty important one, too, in some game. I don't, Ohio State gave me a drop, I think. But the fact you can't remember, you know, mm-hmm. is <laughs> yeah. says something. He's just consistent um, and reliable. And that's kind of something we didn't have in a lot of positions this year for our team. So right. 
I feel like you can't skip over him as player of the year. No, he's the, he's the obvious choice uh, for player of the year. I will, I will um, choose him as well. Just some honorable mentions just because, uh, and I, and I would choose Michael Mayer for all the same reasons you did. Uh, he's obviously, he's one of the best tight ends ever at Notre Dame. He broke all the records. Um, so, you know, you could make the argument again, <laughs> we're making arguments, but that he is the best. So when you have a player that's the best of his position, um, obviously that's going to be your player of the year. I think uh, Joe Alt needs some consideration as um, an ascending um, offensive tackle uh, on the left side. He is positioned himself to be an All-American next year as a junior um, and possibly a high, high draft pick. Um, so Joel, I would also go on the other side, Blake Fisher, for the very same reasons. I think he's ascending as well on the offensive side, just to give the offensive line some, some love. I think they went through a lot last couple of years and I think they've really started to gel next year. It's going to be even better. Um, and if you want to even throw in one more, either Audrey Gustave or Logan Diggs should get some consideration as, as having really, really good years. Um, but estimate had some moments of fumbles that he overcame and Diggs. Uh, battle back from an injury, so both showing a lot of resilience. All right, defensive player of the year. We got this one was a little bit more difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I I'm going with maybe the th- maybe someone I shouldn't choose. Um, okay, go, I'm go gonna ahead. Go with I'm going to go with JD Bertrand. Oh wow! I know. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like consistently when I was looking at the stats, he would have like the most tackles and he was not as reliable as Michael Mayer, but he definitely showed Mm -hmm. his maturity in the position because the linebacker group was, it's going to be interesting in the future, I guess, with him leading and Jack Kaiser leading. Um, And I think his presence was known in a lot of times and it needed to be, he did, you know, have some problems with Mm -hmm. missed tackles and, but the whole team was struggling at that point. Um, And I think that that was kind of just part of the season was the ups and the downs ups and downs um i do have two honorable mentions uh isaiah foskey of course uh because like michael mayer i feel like he was pretty consistent but i did expect him to have more Mm -hmm. at at times i feel like he could have been more explosive i mean you could say the same about jd bertrand um that's why it was so tough to choose and then benjamin morrison i didn't feel like choosing a freshman for this because i feel like you know we can see so much more play from benjamin morrison Right. Um, so maybe next year, but it was nice to see. And he was definitely like the breakout player of the year. Right. I am, I am de- actually going to go with Benjamin Morrison as my as defense player of the year. Um, Foskey, uh, just because of he, he led statistically um, it, it, interception, but he had six, something like that. Incredible. Um, and, and played really ascended kind of in the second half of the year. So you say six interceptions, basically in the second half of the season is pretty incredible. Uh, I couldn't overlook it. He's my defensive player of the year. Uh, I am going to go with um, honorable mentions. I agree with I agree with you. Just I'm going to just go with Isaiah Foskey as an honorable mention. I think his play, especially in the game that we saw um, at when they played Cal, um, when Notre Dame desperately needed a win. I mean, desperately um, was what leaders do. So I think Isaiah Foskey stepped up when we needed him maybe didn't play consistently throughout the whole year or as dominant as we had thought he was. Maybe that was unrealistic for anybody. Um, but he certainly stepped up as a leader when we absolutely needed him to. So he's my biggest honor mention. All right. A new, new, I don't know if we've given this award before special teams player of the year. Who do you got Maggie? 
So I know who, I feel like I kind of know who you're going to choose in this one. Mm. I, I maybe see you it. do, maybe you don't. Okay. I don't, well, think, I don't going... think you do. Okay. Well, I hope we don't choose the same person then. Okay. Um, I'm going with Isaiah Foskey. <clears throat> Isaiah Foskey, excuse me. Um, he had like, I think two or three blocked punts in one game, which was yeah. very impressive. I think two, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was also when we kind of started thinking like, Ryan Mason is a lot better than we thought. Yeah. Um, right, right. If Isaiah Foskey's doing this now. And of course, you know, Isaiah Foskey in the first game we ever saw, or his first season at Stanford, yeah. also got a blocked punt. Well, so it was, right. a real, it was a real full circle. Like, it was nice to see that he had gone back to that point where he was being aggressive on special teams. Uh, um, and it was a welcome surprise, I guess. Right. Uh, any, any honorable mentions for you? I do have an honorable mention honorable mention okay. it is john sod i do yeah. think that he was pretty consistent in punting even though we only had one season with him um it, special teams overall was just really consistent uh so really could have given it to so many people right i'm gonna go uh, so i know you think i'm gonna go with john sod i'm not i although i i loved what john sod did for the team this year i'm going with jordan Botello also for the same reason you had uh with foskey blocking punts not only did he block punts, he actually changed the where the punter, you know, they had to account for Jordan Botello on um, special teams. Um, so, and he changed where punting, you know, punts and caused them to be shorter and caused them to be inaccurate. So Jordan Botello, I mean, really we should be giving it to Brian Mason, but we're sticking to players. Um, the special teams was just phenomenal this year. That's why we included it. Uh, but my special player is Jordan Botello. All right, I've already talked about a freshman myself, um, so I might pick – I don't know what I'm going to do here. Freshman of the year, Maggie, freshman of the year. The reason I really didn't choose him for defensive player ah, of the year was because he was a freshman. A smart move. Yeah. So I will, I will choose Benjamin Morrison here. He showed mm -hmm. glimpses of a Kyle Hamilton. He broke Kyle Hamilton's record for ah. um, interceptions in a single season. I don't know if specifically by a freshman – probably specifically by a freshman. Yeah. Um, which, you know, really hurt, but at the same time <laughs> – um, time just goes on. Of course, those <laughs> records are going to be broken. That's right. Um, and so I will reward him with the Freshman of the Year award. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm choosing Benjamin Morrison for this one. All right. I, I, I don't know who else you could really pick uh, other than Benjamin Morrison. Um, just slight love to Tobias Merriweather. I, he didn't have a ton of catches, but the one, the one he made was phenomenal, and supposedly there's huge upside for him. So, um Benjamin, I can't think of another freshman other than those. I mean, Jaden Mickey, uh, we can't really pick him. Uh, he had some rough, rough patches, but I think he's got some upside. Uh, so anyway, I, I, Benjamin Morrison is the obvious, obvious choice freshman of the year. All right, Maggie, overall player of the year. So the overall yeah. player of the year is who? Sorry. Um, is, <laughs> is, is Michael Mayer. Um, I think, you know, all these awards – I had like kind of honorable mentions, except for maybe freshman of the year, except for offensive player of the year. It's just right. like, he was just the best athlete on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys would try to block him. It was known that he was the best player on the field and they yeah. still had no answer for him on opposing teams. So, I mean, I'm excited to see him in the NFL. Hopefully. Right. Um, <laughs> hopefully. But I don't want, I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think he's going to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the, Chargers. Oh, okay. Um, like who he plays for? That's yeah, important. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does next. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's obvious choice. It's Michael Mayer. He was the offense when Buckner goes down week two, Drew Pine steps in. And because, I mean, if he wasn't already number one, two, and three option for the offense, he certainly was when Buckner went down. So as soon as Buckner went down, Michael Mayer's value even increased and was already very valuable. So Michael Mayer, and he stepped up and he lived up to it. Not only that, I think we need to talk about Michael Mayer improving his blocking during the year and even being self-critical in thinking, I need to improve this and going out and doing it. So that's probably the most impressive thing that pros should look at. This guy just, or pro scouts should look at. This guy just loves the game and loves to improve and did improve. Uh, Already a great skill set and then went and improved. So Michael Mayer is the obviously the overall player of the year. All right, baby. Let's. This is our last show of the season. Um, we'll talk a little bit, but, but any predictions for the off season? Just like pick just what do you think? Just, yeah, just whatever you think is going to happen. Something crazy going to happen. Something not crazy going to happen. Just kind of like is it going to be boring? Is it going to be like oh no, uh, Tyler Buckner ascends to the court? Who knows? Or we get a couple more recruits, or we get a couple more. Transfer portals, people? Anybody flip? I, I really, I feel like, I, I don't want to say it'll be boring because I think like keeping the recruits we have and keeping the coaches we have will like not, yeah. should not be boring. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I'm like, I guess in terms of coaching, the only person I'd be worried about would be Brian Mason just because of how yeah. much he stood out this year. Yeah. Um, you know, if we didn't get Sam Hartman, I would say that maybe we would see Tommy Reese move on. But mm-hmm. he he recruited him, and I don't think he'd be recruiting a player yeah. and get a whole new offensive coordinator to no. develop him. So that no, doesn't exactly. make a ton of sense. No, uh, I guess you you could could say the same about the puncher and kicker, but that's like a little bit of a different position than quarterback, yeah. just a little bit. Um, right. So I'm going to say that it's boring. Okay. Uneventful, maybe, is Uneventful. another word for that. Yeah. And I'm kind of fine with it being uneventful. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll give one one thing. I think Notre Dame, going in to next year's season, will have the number one recruiting class. So going in to 20, the 2024 recruiting class will be the, the, the CJ Carr and, and everybody will be the number one class going into next season. Whether or not they can hold it, uh, we'll, be, we'll see. Uh, but going in, I think Notre Dame has a number one class uh, in the offseason. All right, so the schedule came out uh, this past week, the finalized schedule, you know, like where and when. Um, and I had it up here. Let me like find it here. Um, well, and looking at it, what we were going to kind of go through, through a, what games, do you have it up in front of you, Maggie, at all? I do, yeah. Okay, so what games do you think wants to stand out and any just any general thoughts on the, the actual schedule? They start off in Dublin. I, let me just, kind of run through it start off in Dublin Island then come back to play the first time playing uh an HBC school Tennessee State and then start the ACC with North Carolina State at Raleigh come back to Notre Dame Stadium for for the Central Michigan uh, a MAC team and then the big game first big game of the year Ohio State coming in September 23rd let's just talk about those games Mags what do you think going in those first kind of five games they're really each one is kind of interesting in its, yeah, it's own unique. way. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I'm a little worried about the travel aspect of going yes. to Ireland and the right. time difference. And I know we'll have plenty of time. We have a bye week after, or do we have a bye week? 
don't uh, have a bye week no, after. No. no. Well, I mean, they come back, they play Tennessee State, which on paper should be – I mean, you hate to say it after Marshall and Stanford, but it shouldn't be the hardest game on the schedule to play an HBCU game. But um, it's more just kind of an, a, a kind of a, a scrimmage in some some respects. But but anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But I'm worried worried about like the travel aspect of that game. Um, but mm-hmm. of course, I think Navy is getting a new coach, right? Yeah. Is Ken. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, they, they have a new. Co- they have a new coach. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be yeah. interesting to see that. And then yeah. Tennessee State. I don't really just know anything about the program. Um, Other than of course, they're, it's, yeah, they're yeah, not. They're, Division one, double A, no. or whatever. Yeah, no, whatever. and their coaches, their coaches, Eddie George, a former, uh, I think, a Hall of Fame uh, football player. Uh, I think he's in the Hall of Fame, but Eddie George, and I think, I think, former teammate of Marcus Freeman at Ohio State. But anyway, go ahead. But that'll hold a lot of like historical significance. Yes. Um, and then at North Carolina State, um, the interesting part about this, although maybe not as interesting as the last game, um, mm-hmm. is that they're getting a new quarterback and right. kind of, yep, it's going to be a different season for them. Um, yep which, you know, you could say about any team, I guess. Uh, yeah. Central Michigan, I don't know a lot about. So this one, but I also, again, from last year, don't want to overlook yep. any teams. So right. that'll be interesting. And then that's really ramping up to our house state at home, which is a rematch with a whole new quarterback. Um, we have gotten more players. We have Sam Hartman. Right. And it'll be just interesting. That'll be interesting. So what do you think? Okay, so I won't do this again. Uh, as obviously maybe even more than once um what do you think or more than once more after the first five games after the ohio state game what is notre dame's record after the ohio state game yeah i think it's going to be undefeated i think it's going to be five so do i i i think i think navy is no problem because of the new coach i think tennessee is no problem because they just don't have the talent i think north carolina state is slightly better than than the other two teams but not much i don't i i don't what do they did they get brendan armstrong coming in is that the, the transfer they got who, who north carolina, uh, north carolina state? State. i believe yeah. so yeah i think so i'm not and i'm not a huge fan of his i think he's got injured anyway it's not he's not a difference maker central michigan i think actually probably is the scariest of those first four teams um gosh I, i've forgotten the guy the kid's name they have a player on their team that's pretty explosive but they're a you know a team in the MAC that actually had a losing records last year, so not too afraid of them. And it's at home. Um, the uh, and then Ohio State, and I think Notre Dame actually. I know Ohio State just reloads all the time, um, but I think Notre, Ohio State's best shot f- for a couple years it was going to be this year with Stroud and and all that. Um, I think Notre Dame gets them in. So I think yeah, five and zero. Oh. And Notre Dame will be ranked after 5-0 and beating Ohio State. Maggie, what do you think? I don't even know what our preseason was. ranking is. What is our is – Well, like probably uh, – uh, there's no preseason ranking yet. I'm guessing it'll be around between – it'll be in the teens. Say, like, where we ended. It'll probably be 16. I'm going to say we're undefeated. I feel like sixth. Okay. I'm that gonna might say even be high. a little low. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe even higher. I would think five or four mm-hmm. um, with a win over Ohio State. All right um okay then they go into then they go play duke at duke so coming after ohio state which is a big upgrade to go to duke that's no fun and then go uh again on the road lots of road games at the beginning of the season off to louisville to play louisville with the new coach uh then back for a, what a grudge match october 14th usc at notre dame stadium and finally you get a bye so let's go to those just those three games because those are interesting three games duke louisville usc what do you think I mean, hmm. 
the Duke and Louisville scare me for the reason that they yeah. are away. Yeah. But is Louisville Louisville is getting a new coach as well? But it's Jeff, it's, Bra, it's Jeff Rahm from Purdue, and he's a great coach and going back home. So yes, they are. But you know, okay. Well, I didn't realize who it was. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also they are smaller ACC teams. Again, though, I'm worried about it being right after Ohio State. I kind of right. wish we had a bye week before yeah. USC yeah. or after right. Ohio State because it seems like right. that's just going to be a really long stretch, and it could potentially be a really uh, painful stretch depending on how that Ohio State game goes right um but it helps that USC is at home I think that we're we can play better than we did against USC and we kind of should have Caleb Williams more figured out Uh um hopefully but also it's a rivalry game and it could be really weird so I I don't like predicting the USC game because it scares me a little bit but I do think we'll I do think we'll I, I think we'll win that one yeah, I think this is the scariest little block. And actually, you even add in the next two games, the, the five, the second five, the first five are, are hard with Ohio State at the end. The second five games are brutal for Notre Dame. And it's, it will tell the tale of the season. Duke with Elko makes me very nervous. He's a great coach. He's doing great things at Duke. You're coming off a big game at Ohio State. If they have won the game, especially, that's even, you know, you're talking about what a trap to go to Duke and play Duke there, um, that's going to be difficult. Then if you get through that, you got to go on, get on the road to play Jeff Brom. And you know who the quarterback is now for Louisville, Maggie? You know? Transfer portal quarterback from Cal. Jack oh. Plummer, who has now played Notre Dame. This will be the third, I think, third time, third year with three different teams. He played him against with Purdue. He played him when he was quarterback at Cal. Now I play him with the quarterback at Louisville. So that game scares me. And then if you get through those two road games, which are just dicey, you got to come back and play Caleb Williams. Now, certainly they're going to be fired up for that game, but my goodness, what a stretch. So, you know, to be eight, no, if they're eight, no, at the end of this, which certainly they could be, um, they are in the top three in my, book, if not number one, uh, going into that October 21st bye week. Um, I think, I just think they're going to stub their toe on one of those games I think seven and one going into that bye week would be very acceptable. Um, I, I just hope it's not. A, I just hope they don't stub their toe against USC. I think that Louisville game just sticks out as one they're going to stub their toe on. I am very nervous about that one. I think they'll get through Duke because they'll think it's a, a trap. Louisville will will be very difficult with Plummer and Brom. They'll have something waiting for them there in Louisville. That's a scary, scary game. Um, all right, then we have. So do you have them eight and zero, Maggie? I'm sorry. I, I think I could agree with the seven and one. I'm not as yeah. confident that we'll beat USC as I am okay. against Ohio State. Okay, I, I I am too, and I think they get them both. But I, I I'm with you. I think Ohio State's the easier of the two. If you want to say easier uh, to beat um, at home, luckily they get them both at home. Um, okay, then they get a bye week, a much needed bye week after that eight game stretch, and then they come back. Pitt, the final four with a bye week in there are Pittsburgh, Clemson. By week, Wake Forest and Stanford finish off with Wake Forest and Stanford. What do you think about that stretch, Maggie? Honestly, this might be my least favorite um, stretch. Really? It's every single game is really interesting. Yeah. Um, Pitt, they have Phil Dracovic. Yes. Um, right. Who, Let's see if he's healthy, but yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really, I'm not really scared of Phil Dracovic. That yeah. might sound bad because you know he kind of burned that bridge last season. Right. But. 
it's also like he knows the team and that always kind of like it's a different team than the one he was on of course different coach and everything but it's still like interesting to see that kind of tie um it always brings an extra something to the game especially because he's going to be going back to Notre Dame I was going to say he might finally start a game at Notre Dame Stadium (laughs) yeah and then at at Clemson that's scary as well yeah yeah that's just really terrifying I mean Clemson might not We'll see how Cade Klubdick goes. Yeah, like he didn't have yeah. the best bowl game, but he also no. was better than DJ Leonkele, like yeah. throughout the season. So that yeah. might have just been a fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, we have a bye week, which I'm kind of confused why we have a bye week there. It's a little odd to have one yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but then we have senior day, Wake Forest. Yeah. If Sam Hartman yeah. is our quarterback at that point, he is yeah, going to be facing his old team for senior day. And right. then Stanford is always just kind of like we've seen it firsthand. It's a weird game. Like it's always at the end. They travel to California. We love seeing them, but sometimes it doesn't always go the way we want to. And they're getting a new coach. Right, right. Who's a good coach. I mean, not that they had a bad coach, but yeah. I think this, I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable with this, this stretch. I don't know that, I think they beat Pittsburgh. I'm not a big Jakovic guy anymore. I used to be. Um, I think then Clemson, Boy, that game, especially say Notre Dame is undefeated at a time. And if they're undefeated, they're in the top three. Going to Clemson, man, would Dabo like to beat them? But I'm not sure Clemson's there anymore. I, 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 it's going to be an interesting year next year for Clemson. We'll see how they do, um, especially in that ACC, which is becoming Florida State's division. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so that game, obviously, you always have to be nervous going into to Death Valley to play. They don't lose an awful lot there. Um, but who knows? We don't know with Club Nick and, and with their talent pool and with their coaching staff. I mean, they're, they're kind of a mess. So we'll, next year is going to be a big, in, big year for Clemson. So at that point, they might be off the rails. Uh, and so who knows? Uh, then the bye week. And then I, the easiest two games probably of the set, um, uh, before, you know, certainly the second half of the season. Wake Forest should pose no real threat, um, especially with Hartman having – to, you know, some sort of chip on his shoulder to play for. And then Stanford, Notre Dame is going to whoop them. Uh, they, they are probably waiting for this game almost, I bet, as much as the USC game to prove that last year was just kind of a joke. Um, I do I do understand what you're saying when it gets kind of funky out here sometimes, but they're, I think they're going to slaughter them um, out here at Stanford. Uh, depending on – I mean, I, I do like the coaching hire, but but I just don't think that Stanford has the guns to stay with us. So generally, I have their record as – uh, 10 and one or 11 and one. What do I got here? Uh, how many games do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, 10, 11, 11, and 12, 11 and one. I got them at 11 and one. I think the, the, the bumpy road there, Duke, Louisville, USC is the one to get. I think 10 and two is acceptable. Um, anything other than that? I mean, what, I mean, gosh, nine and three, nine and three would be acceptable. Barely. Eight and you can't lose four games in this this one. That that's my opinion. What do you think, Maggie? What's acceptable? I, I agree that eleven and one is probably our goal there. I mean, of course our goal is always twelve. Yeah. And but, no, I get what you're saying. Um I think eleven and one is achievable. So is twelve and zero, I guess. Um Yeah. But I, I would say that I'm not even really okay with the nine and three. Okay. I think ten and two. I think ten and two is the the um ground there. Absolutely. Really? So Okay, so yeah. you see, that's the floor. You're saying they absolutely have to beat Ohio, one of these three, Ohio State, Clemson, or USC. Yeah, and I think we can okay. beat one of them. I think we yeah, can yeah. do that. And then hold against all the other teams that they'll at least be favored against. We're assuming they're going to be favored in all the other ones for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about how last season, 
the beginning was so rocky and I'm kind of uh, like blaming that on um, Marcus Freeman just being a new coach. Yeah, and then I think right. that the way we ended was much like much better than the team we started out with. And right. we're losing some players, but I feel like this might not be one of the heavier draft classes we have. So okay. thinking about that, thinking about the transfers we're getting in, thinking about how we start off with an easier part uh, like okay. of the schedule, um, coming off a bowl game win, I think that that will be really important to get to 11-1. Okay. and one. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I can't wait. It's going to be an exciting, exciting season. Let's start tomorrow. Um, but we're not going to start tomorrow. We did have some other non-football news that we're going to talk about. Mike Bray uh, stepping, saying he will step down at the end of the season. Another name's all-time winning as basketball coach. One of us is a fan. One of us is not. Maggie, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I personally um, thought this was a long time coming. I watched <laughs> the past two seasons yeah. of basketball more than I had been before. And it just seemed like, you know, the development of the players weren't there. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to see Tony Sanders and Matt Zona play a little bit right. more specifically. Right. And we are still relying on these players that have also not been coached up. So it kind of makes me question, like, what are they doing during practice? Because they're missing free throws, which is not a characteristic of a Notre Dame basketball team. Right. Um, and it's just like little things. They're losing to teams they should not lose to. So... I think it was a long time coming. Yeah, I, I think it was time for sure. I'm a fan. I like what he did with the program. He elevated to where, you know, to a certain point, can never get further. I think he built um, a, a, a nice culture. It was a good fit for Notre Dame. And, and then now we need to elevate to something new. It happens. It, uh, for whatever reason, he's not as effective with a group that we really thought this was a great year for him with all those players returning uh, with all sorts of veteran leadership. Now, he's still, I still think he can put it together this year and have a nice little run. We'll see. Um, but it is time for something else. Anybody you're hoping for, Maggie, to replace him? You know, um, I like unrealistic coaching picks. So yes. I am going with Monty Williams. Um, <laughs> okay. Empty it. Yeah, back, up, back up the Brinks truck. Current head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Um, yep. There's been a few, a little personnel problems on the Phoenix Suns recently. Yes, I don't watch right. it. You're right. I don't watch the NBA too much, you're but right, it might though. be a time for a change. And where's that change? His home team. Notre Come Dame. home, Monty. Come home. Yeah. And I, I know it, Maggie. Though you say that about the Phoenix, I thought no way. That gives me a little bit of hope. The little problems that the Suns are having, and they are having problems. Um, that maybe he's like, you know what? Forget this. I can go make a ton of money, be beloved, um, and get in the college pro now i don't know a lot of pro coaches like to come down and do college because of the recruiting and you got to deal with 18 year olds is different but uh what he's dealing with in phoenix can't be fun at the moment so we'll see if he can straighten it out maybe maybe i'm hoping jay wright i saw that yesterday that got me really really excited that jay wright is a possibility <laughs> you know at least he's out there yeah i don't know but again you probably have a better chance of monty williams but man if they could get jay wright uh that would be an epic epic hire and would put them on in the top 10 easily within three years all right uh but you know what good for you mike bray way to step aside when it was time to step aside and you had a great career and we'll be beloved at Notre Dame. so you know there are worse things in the world than that maggie we i think we've had our longest episode today or very close to we have lots to talk about um we will not be back 
uh, everybody. I know the millions and millions of listeners that rely on us every week. We will be back uh, before the Blue and Gold game on probably on April 21st. The Blue and Gold game is on April 22nd. We'll start our season with a preview. We'll be following along all the practices, the spring practice. We'll be following, getting our notes ready um, and ready to go. But our next show will most likely be on April 21st. So mark your calendars. Keep following our our Twitter um, handle at a dad and a dot. Is it a dad and dot one, Maggie? Yes, yes. A dad and a dot one um, at twitter.com. We will continually add the stories. Please follow us and look for any show information that way. Also, please tell your friends you'd like to, to open it up. We love that we have a hardcore uh, fan base that tunes in every week. But we'd love to grow it by next week, or next year. April 20, tell them all. April 21st, everyone should be ready to go. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Follow us. Maggie, any last words for the season or any last or hopeful words before we start? Go off on our break. Have a good off season, everyone. Okay, everybody. One last time for the season. Go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. <laughs>